How we doing? Episode 4. Welcome to Wake Up to the Word. New Testament, Episode 4. Glad you are here. Our reading for this week in the New Testament for the 13th, which is today, that you'll be hearing this or seeing this, is uh, Matthew 1 and 2. Interestingly enough, our Christmas series at Life Coast Church is uh, foundationally in the first part of Matthew chapter 1. So there's some references I'll make there. And if you hadn't seen the series, uh, Unexpected Christmas, go back and watch the series because it talks uh, a lot about this genealogy that we're going to reference here. So the book of genealogies of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers in Judah, the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Aminabad, and Aminabad the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, father of Jesse, father of David the king. So it goes uh, these these uh, generations all the way from Abraham all the way to King David and then it will continue and go to King David all the way to the deportation of Babylon to the exile and then it goes from the exile all the way to Jesus Christ. Okay so great um, genealogy. You know exactly where Jesus came from just right from Abraham and now in the Old Testament that we're studying, we're going to see a genealogy that goes from Adam all the way to Abraham. And so there's no problem here understanding that God kept the record of things in the genealogies. And what's talked about here, what's interesting here in Matthew is that in this book of genealogies is that, uh, I didn't start my clock, so, uh, we're a little, little, uh, I won't know how much time I have, so we'll see what, uh, what comes up, and I'll go, I'll be a little short. So, anyways, um, we see in these, uh, in, in these, uh, genealogies from Abraham, the father of Isaac, and uh, Isaac, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Judah, uh, that not all of the people in these genealogies uh, were pristine, wonderful people. Um, we, we get some people doing some bad things here, okay? Um, we, we got uh, Jacob, uh, who with Jacob and Esau was, he was a swindler. He was a con man. And... Um, and so it's it's interesting that uh, the, out of the first two, you got I, uh, Isaac born to Abraham, not the firstborn, um, uh, and you have uh, Jacob and Esau. Jacob not the firstborn. Esau was the firstborn. You know, we always say Jacob and Esau because Jacob is the one of the promise, the son of the promise, who took the birthright. And uh, Ishmael was uh, older than Isaac, born of the handmaiden. Uh, but Isaac was the child of the promise that God made. And so, and then you see Judah, who's uh, way down the line in in the brothers of uh, 
of uh, Jacob. And this guy, you know, he wasn't good. He gave his brother Joseph up to Egypt. You think Joseph would be the guy who got uh, got done wrong and uh, sold into slavery, and uh, then got uh, falsely accused, put in prison, um, then got left there by his friends, and uh, you know went on to uh, be the second in command in Egypt and saved his whole family as well as the nation of of Israel. Um, but he's not the guy. He's not the guy in in the uh, in the genealogy, it's it's Judah who's the one who sold him out, and uh, Judah the one who uh, then went on to, um, and had uh, children, uh, Perez. Uh, but uh, that was because his daughter-in-law Tamar conned him. Uh, Judah's sons kept dying, and she kept getting handed down to another son and another son, and then finally it looked like she had been forgotten. Uh, and wanted to have a son, and she conned, uh, she she hid herself as a prostitute and conned Judah after his wife had died, and she had a child named uh, Perez, and Perez is the one who carries the line to Jesus, and you keep going on, and there's, there's plenty more stuff going on in there, there's Rahab, the prostitute, there's all kinds of things, we get to David, who we know is a murderer, this this genealogy is filled with bad people, and yet this is the genealogy of the Savior. Because even though the sin is propagated all the way through, we get down to the birth of Jesus in uh, chapter 1. Uh, and we know that, that uh, Jesus is born of a virgin and uh, that the Holy Spirit comes on her. We read that last week in Luke and uh, that she... Um, has a child, and we see that this is also repeated here in um, in chapter one. So let me let me just go through that a little bit because that's important too. Um, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not until he had given, she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. So um, this is, uh, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. She shall call his name Jesus. This is a, a, a paraphrase or a, a qu close quote to the book of Isaiah 7.14. And the word used in Hebrew in Isaiah for virgin, or translated virgin in the Old Testament, is actually young maiden. And so it, it has a broader expression. It doesn't have to be a virgin. Uh, but here in the Greek, uh, Marthonos, uh, it is the word virgin. So Matthew chose to quote the Old Testament, the Hebrew, and use a similar word, but a more specific word in the New Testament. That's uh, an interesting adjustment to make in that the other was a prophecy, but did ta was talking about a woman probably in the house of uh, Isaiah. And uh, because there was more things that was going, that were going to happen. So it was a, both a uh, prophetic word for the immediate household and a prophetic word for 
the Messiah that would come. And so uh, how do we know that it was for both? Because in the book of Isaiah, what it says is going to happen when this child grows up happened in that lifetime of that child that was born at that time. And because the word was generic, had a much broader meaning, it was a, a fulfillment within the lifetime of the prophet, which authenticated the prophet. If you ever see Old Testament prophecy that is long-ranging, there is generally a loose word used, a broad expression word used within that prophecy, so that the prophecy can come true within the lifetime of the prophet, so the people can know that this is a true prophet of God. Because when prophets give prophecy that do not come true, what does the Bible say about them? They're false prophets. They're, the prophecies they have are not of God. Doesn't mean that they won't come true some of the time. I mean, even a great guess is right some of the time. Um, but prophets of God are right all of the time. And so that's, what, that's the standard that God put on. If you want to know if a prophet is a prophet of God, their prophecies come true all of the time. And so Isaiah had a prophecy that was partially fulfilled or fulfilled within the broader expression of words of the prophecy in the time. But then it is pulled, and Matthew uses the same term here in the New Testament for Christ, and it is a um, uh, a precise fulfillment for Jesus the Messiah. And so uh, this is one of those, those uh, other fulfillments. And then we come to chapter 2, and the visit in Matthew chapter 2, the visit from the wise men. This is uh, something that people widely know now, but uh, I'll say it anyways. The wise men were not in the, sta in the stable uh, when Jesus was born. Uh, they came two years later. So um, if your wise men are showing up in the stable in your nativity scene, they really weren't there. But they've, they kind of fit the narrative, so we keep them in there. But it's very clear that uh, the Bible says they weren't there till Jesus was about two years old. So, um, so we, we include them in the nativity in tradition. Oh, sorry about that. In tradition, because it is part of the story. It's part of the, the whole, part of the whole story. So it's, it's great to put them in there because, because they're an important aspect of it. They came to worship the king. And we've all heard the, the meme, the saying, the bumper sticker, wise men still seek Jesus. And so that is as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. So they came to Bethlehem. They saw a star in the sky. They followed the star for two years. And they arrived in, in, uh, in Bethlehem. And Herod was the leader there in that area. They went to him assuming that he'd know who who we saw the star so we know there's a king born so we came to to pay to worship the king and herod he didn't want any kings right raised up that he's unaware of so he tells him go find the king go find this king and i want to worship too come back and tell me but angel comes to them in a dream and warns them go by another way so they go find the child and they they worship him they see they uh now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. And, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little ahead. Uh, back up. 
After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, this is verse 9, and behold, the star that they had, they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star... Uh, saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gold, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country. So, these uh, wise men come and worship, and they give gifts. So why would God bring these gifts? So now, right after that, the angel comes to Joseph and says, Herod's going to come after the child. We need to flee to Egypt. So they just traveled, and they've lived for two years in Bethlehem. Why do you think they've lived for two years in Bethlehem? Probably because they didn't have the funds to return. Uh, There's family there, so they're they're probably staying there with family, but... uh, as he was born, they, they they couldn't get into a family's house, and that's a whole other story. But um, they weren't in a in a barn. They weren't in a separate stable. There was no innkeeper. That's not ever mentioned in scripture. And I know that's gonna uh, hurt you if you played the part of the innkeeper in your your Christmas play at church. Uh, but there was no innkeeper. It's not mentioned here. Uh, I believe the conflation is the innkeeper in the story of the. Of the Good Samaritan, there's an innkeeper in that story, so they put an innkeeper in this story. But it says there was no place for them in the, and it says it's it's translated in, but it's upper room. And so uh, the upper part of the house was for the 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 respectable people. Were and Mary was pregnant and not fully married; she was only betrothed. So. She's not a respectable person. So the family took them in, but they had to stay downstairs on the f- the bottom floor where the animals stayed. So it was more than a stable, but way less than a home. And there, not that there wasn't room for them, there wasn't a place for them. They, they weren't allowed to stay in that upper room because of they were ostracized from the family because of Mary's situation. So, uh, little little sidebar there. So uh, then they go to Egypt. So where did they get that money to go to Egypt? Gold and frankincense and myrrh. The Lord always provides. So he provides a way. Sometimes it's not the way we think it's supposed to be or the way it's going to be, but the Lord provides. So they take the child and they go to Egypt, and then uh, uh, Herod kills all the children two years and younger based on when the Magi said the, the star showed up and they first started following. That's how we know the two-year period. So here's the thing. This killing of children is how the enemy, how the devil attacks the kingdom of God. He always attacks the seed of kingdom potential. If he can stop people from even becoming believers, if he can stop that from happening even before they grow up, then he considers it a win. You saw this uh, all the way back in the Old Testament, in Egypt, the killing when Moses... uh, 
was growing up. They killed all the children. They, they, and, and, uh, this is, this is, uh, the enemy. This is the devil killing the, the seed of kingdom potential. We see this here with Herod killing two-year-olds, killing children, um, killing the seed of kingdom potential. We see this in our own lifetime, uh, with abortion that, uh, People firmly believe that unborn children are not a life. They believe it. And, and it's hard to talk them out of that. Understanding that this is, of course, a life. This is left to its own resources. It will become a human being. It will be a fully developed human being. It is a life within the mother. It, it will continue to grow and thrive but it's 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 the enemy deceiving people into thinking it's to their benefit to destroy the child to kill the child within the womb because this is how he operates if he can destroy the seed of kingdom potential then he considers it a victory herod did it pharaoh did it and we even do it here in America, and we allow it to happen. And yeah, we rise up against it, we speak out against it, but it's still what it is. It's the enemy deceiving people into killing the seed of kingdom potential. All right. So they return. Um, the, the, there's a quote from Jeremiah there, uh, a voice was heard in Ramah weeping and loud lamenting, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. That's Jeremiah 31, 15. That is a, a prophetic word from Jeremiah about this event that we just talked about. So, but Herod died and behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to a dream in jo Joseph in a dream in Egypt and said, rise up, take the child and uh, into the land of Israel and uh, then uh, he rose up, took the child, went to return land of Israel. And when they had uh, heard that uh, Archelaus was there and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in the city of Nazareth so that what is spoken of the prophet might be fulfilled that he would be a Nazarene. <clears throat> so this is a tough one in that uh, there's not really any Old Testament prophecy that says he'd be a Nazarene. And so this English translation of this uh, Old Testament uh, concept is uh, a little vague in, in determining what, what uh, Matthew is saying here. <clears throat> the closest thing that, that I've discovered is that Matthew, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 11.1 1, uh, says that uh, he, he would be from the root of Jesse. Uh, there's a prophecy about him being from the root of Jesse. And uh, Nazir is the Hebrew word for root. And so uh, the actual word Nazarene, Nazir, Nazirene, would be a man from the root. So uh, uh, Nazarene is is uh, a man who comes from the root of Jesse, the little root. So it's... it's uh, Scholars believe uh, that that is what that prophecy is is referring to. Um, this Isaiah eleven one uh, prophetic word about the root of Jesse. 
So um, that's what I got for you in the New Testament. That's the first two chapters of Matthew uh, 1 and 2. So uh, your reading for next week is uh, we're still in Job for the Old Testament, Monday through Thursday, uh, 5 through 12. So you're going to read all those. And then uh, Friday's episode, the New Testament, John chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 3. So we will have two episodes for you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this two-episode format. Send in your questions. We'll try and answer those first each week. I answered it at the end. I'll put it on my schedule uh, to answer the questions first. Send in your questions. If you know me, if you have my number, if you have my email, send me a direct text or email with your questions. Love to get them. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, we'll try to answer those questions as best as we can. This is Wake Up to the Word. And if you want to sign up on Spotify, just hit follow. and Or you can get it on the email list by going to wakeuptotheword.org. That's also where you'll find the well, you'll find Jeff's stack of stuff where you can get uh, any docs that I use or refer to here in these episodes. You can download them for your very own. You can look at them. You can use them. Some of them we'll use uh, more often, more times during uh, the episodes to come. So get your docs from Jeff's stack of stuff on uh, wakeuptotheword.org. Love you guys. Keep reading. God bless you. And we will see you next week.